What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Varsity Breakdown Podcast. This is part two of the basketball season wrap-up as we just went over the boys' side of things, and now we're going to be moving into the girls' side. But uh, is there anything you wanted to recap before uh, we dive into the ladies' basketball season? Uh, Before we dive back in, I just want to say congratulations to our winners of our breakout awards from player of the year to coach of the year, uh, to Bray Gant, congratulations, and to coach Ryan McCurdy. Uh, They both had tremendous seasons. And uh, now let's just get into the girls' basketball season. Uh, You mentioned it before. You spent a lot of time uh, up in the Valley these past couple months for the Super Bowl, and you weren't really, you know, quite able to attend as many games as you would have liked. Um, one thing that I noticed for sure is to just piggyback off of what you had mentioned in the last episode, if you were to take out the select group of teams in Pinal County that were either, you know, very good or even making it, making it to the playoffs, the, the, it seems like the talent pool in, in Pinal County, as far as basketball wise, is very slim, but the talent, the teams that, that performed well, they, they shine. I don't know. I, I, I'm still learning the other side of basketball, which is girls basketball. It's, you know, something that's getting very popular very quickly because of the success of like the WNBA and uh, and in the college level as well. But I think with girls basketball here in Pinal County, it's something that's slowly getting popular and I think that's why we have just a select few of teams that have found successes. And then some of them, the programs are starting out early. I mean, we can always go back to uh, Coach Aaron Monteverdi. When he started coaching uh, the girls' uh, basketball team, they had to pretty much build their program, you know, especially after COVID. And I think that's why probably a lot of our teams are a little bit more behind than in other counties, I would say. Because of the COVID year? I think so. I think, you know, it's tough to sustain a program. And then when you can't practice, it's just like it's something that far is far behind. But also, I think in the Pinal County community, especially like in the Coolidge, Casa Grande, Florence, uh, Eloy area, it's a different focus, which is girls softball. And I think because of that, you don't see the focus necessarily on basketball I, I can see where you're going with that but at the same time like there was a little bit more teams underperforming for women's basketball than there were for men's basketball if you look at teams like Coolidge and Florence both of them had really good programs with only one of them not making the playoffs um, that being the Florence Lady Gophers um, but then you look at teams like Vista Grande Vista Grande had kind of an up-and-down season as far as it goes for the ladies' basketball, but they had a much more cohesive and better season than the boys did. Now, do you think that these coaches are having a harder time, you know, trying to get these kids to buckle down and focus on on their style of play because of the generation gap? Or, Or what do you think is causing that miscommunication? As far as why some teams are successful and the other ones aren't? Not necessarily why why some coaches and staff are able to communicate to their players better than others. I'd just say experience. You know, if you see some very experienced coaches that and their staff and how they run their program, 
you can see why they're successful. You know, um, we've seen uh, some of the younger coaches struggle a little bit, but once they find their groove and, you know, can master their technique on how they want to uh, coach their program, then I think you'll see those programs start to succeed. But it always comes down to the longevity of how long a coach stays. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Before we uh, did our little split and you, you went to work for Fox Sports, we got to stream a game, well, a couple of games for the Coolidge and Florence uh, rivalry match in the Roundhouse. What were some factors that you took away from that rivalry game, a game where in the girls' match the Gophers just outshot the Bears in the second half and just pulled away? What, what, were, something that, what were some things that stood out to you from that match that you can still remember to this day? Well, I think that that game went into overtime. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say, number one, uh, the fan experience. Uh, you know, it kind of let me know that the Coolidge-Florence rivalry when it comes to basketball, it's back, and it's it was pretty big. You know, uh, both teams, like you said, were uh, fairly successful. And so uh, coming into that game, a lot was at stake. You know, Co- uh, Coolidge on the boys' side was still undefeated. Um, both Florence and uh, Coolidge uh, girls basketball, they were both on uh, their uh, streaks, you know, getting hot. And I think it just led to a lot of excitement why you saw a lot of fans there. One thing that I took away from that game, especially the girls game, was Elena Jimenez wasn't to be stopped at that game. She was able to pull up and shoot from just about anywhere and when she had Keely Scarborough in the paint, able to pick up those rebounds and yep. just facilitate it right back out to her, out and past that three-point line, it didn't matter if, if she missed a shot or if it was just a bad look. Or, or you know, She didn't really take too many shots that were you know bad looks, but uh, I'll admit there was one that, that was a really bad shot that kind of airballed. I remember the look on her face, but it wasn't like a disappointing look. Like She was like, ooh, like that type of look. Like, and, but she, she ended up going right back down the next play and sinking that same shot. I think that her shooting ability stood out to me that night because I didn't know what to expect from the Florence Gophers in that game. And the fact that I was able to see their tenacity and, like you said, make it uh, overpower the Bears in uh, regulation and force overtime and then just outperform them in the last five minutes of the game, it showed me a lot of what the the staff at Florence is doing with their team, and, and it's only going to get better from here on out. Yeah, totally. And I think that coming into next year, both programs can be just as successful. And hopefully we'll see uh, Florence in the playoffs as well, because the one thing I think I saw from them is they had a lot of depth. You know, they had girls that came in and made their mark on on that game. And uh, remember, uh, Jimenez fouled out that game. Mm -hmm. So I think they were rolling without her uh, late into that overtime. So for them to pull that one out, it I know that the future is bright over there in Florence. And and that's not to down Coolidge because when Coolidge had the opportunity to go uh, back there a couple of weeks later, yeah. they ended up pulling it out. Now, but but even with Coolidge as well, I mean, they are lo- losing uh Anaya White. That's going to be a big hole to fill, but I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be just fine. I do see both teams having a good chance to make the playoffs next year. I could see it too. Now let's go into another one of our uh, playoff teams, which was the Post and Butte Broncos. Mm-hmm. What was the experience like for you over there? 
over there, it, it 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 wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. The thing that I feel bad about was not being able to make it out there sooner. Um, the game that I actually got to go to was their first round playoff match against the Thunderbird Titans. And while I was there, um, they were ahead. I, I think it was uh, I, the first quarter had just ended and they were ahead by maybe like nine points. The second quarter had ended and the, the, their Thunderbird had cut their lead down a lot. And then in the third quarter, it was just constantly back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, and I even made it a point to, to, to talk to Coach Bix or, or, or Messenger on um, Instagram. And I was like, you know, I, I had ended up leaving because I felt like I was giving you guys some bad luck. Yeah. And as soon as I left, they ended up pulling it out and, and beating Thunderbird. So, I, yeah, I kind of feel like maybe I, I was a, a little bit of bad luck for them. But th- that team is – and I know we use this term to, to describe a lot of teams, you know, as of late. But that team is fundamentally sound. The the – the culture that Savannah Bix has established with Post and Butte is probably something that we won't see in any other sport in Pinal County right now. And that goes for every sport we cover and every sport that we don't cover. Because other news media outlets have, have made it a point to mention that a couple of years ago, Post and Butte was not the team that they are today. Like, they were... A team that was easily overlooked on the schedule. Now, Somebody came in and changed the culture. Mm-hmm. Now, when people see Post and Butte on their schedule, it's it's a threat. And I think that Post and Butte as a school is in this perfect sweet spot in, in the county. And I want them to succeed. I really do. One thing I don't want to happen is for them to have a ridiculous amount of success too fast where that success is seen and it gets a little bit more attention and they move up in their, their regions from, you know, 4A to 5A and they get, get into that upper echelon where they're going to be facing tougher competition and they're going to struggle with it. Kind of like how we see with Maricopa. Interesting. No, but I see, I see where you're coming from, but I think that's what teams want sometimes, you know, if they start getting a uh, successful, you know, they want to play the better competition. It's to prove who's number one in the state. Can you make it that far? Yeah, but what about crawling before you walk? Oh, no, I'm not saying that they're going to move up anytime soon. Oh, no, I'm not saying you that You know, because I was going to bring up uh, the topic of for the second year in a row, they get put out by Coach Bix's uh, alma mater in Flagstaff. Yeah, so you know, year. I, to me, it's, it's building for something exciting that's going to come next year. You know, because one day the, the little dog's going to beat the big dog. And, and I hope it, but you know what? I hope it's in the playoffs because that, that'll make it extra sweet. I know that. Now, what, what do you have to say to like the games where like they're really high profile are scheduled towards the end of the season and they're not quite, you know, they have, they may have like heavy playoff implications involved, but they're not a playoff type game. Do you believe that those games, and, and I know you're not supposed to go, you're not supposed to, you know, ease up or go harder on any type of game based on the competition, but. So for next year, if Post and Butte were to run into Flagstaff in the playoffs, do you think that that would have any other effect if they were to re if they were to play them in the regular season, kind of like what happened with the Coolidge and Valley Christian game? I think uh, it builds for something bigger in the playoffs if you meet again. You know, like I definitely would have liked to see Coolidge and Valley Christian um, on the boys' side. 
play each other twice, but I I think they're always going to have some kind of connection, you know, of course, uh, every time they meet up, no matter if it's in the regular season or not. You know, just like when you think of Coolidge football back in the day, you think of how we could never beat Blue Ridge. You know, it was always that connection there that that's a team we couldn't beat, you know, until we finally did. And I think hopefully sooner than not, you're going to see that happen with uh, Post and Butte. So that's just my take on it. Is there any other teams that you felt surprised you this year? A team that surprised me? I don't know if it would be necessarily a team, but if if I had to go that route, I would say it would be Vista Grande. Vista Grande took a big hit last year losing Jayla Scott, a key and pivotal part of their offense and defense. And this year they were trying something different and getting Chelsea Downs, a transfer from Coolidge. Now, when she transferred... I didn't. I don't know about you, but I didn't imagine that she would completely take over the team and lead in so many different aspects like she did. But it, and and it wasn't just a one one person show. Like she was out. She was able to hold her own with her teammates like Stephanie Tratham and Mia Powell. When I was able to make it out to that Vista game, one thing that was for certain was their communication and and their ability to move on defense. They weren't really. Uh, a man defense kind of team where they would just kind of, you know, stick to the same player. Like, and, and they had all kinds of, of different methods of, of holding the, the offense. And especially because they were playing Tempe, it wasn't really a, a team that could put up a whole lot of, of, of offense themselves. But from what I saw, the, the, the future is bright in Vista Grande. I just feel like they had to have this type of year because of how much success they had last year. And all of the, the pieces that are, that were missing that, that essentially made Vista Grande the team they were last year. Now this year, they just got to build off this this success that they made currently and just move forward. All right. Well, why don't we move into uh, the second segment of this show? Part two of the Fantasy Basketball Draft, Girls Basketball Edition. Do you want to flip a coin or do you want... You know what? Since I got first pick last time, I'll give you the honors of having first pick this time. See, that's what you were talking about in the last episode, being humble. I love that. So, so it's only fair, you know, I don't want no excuses that I go first twice and steal all your picks. All right. Well, so with my very first pick in the ladies fantasy basketball all-star game draft, I'm going to go into the city of Santan Valley because there's many schools there. <laughs> and I'm going to go down Gansel and go pick up Adriana Bachman. Good first pick. Good first pick. Well, I thought you were going to run out of time just announcing that pick. <laughs> Jesus, where's the ref? Okay, so. I had, I'm a storyteller, bro. I guess so. All but right. let's uh, let's get back to business. Just want to let you know you're on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. So I am going to take how much time I got? You got plenty of time. You, you got, you're at 20 seconds now. So with my first pick. I'm going to go to my alma mater and take Nalissa Charles. Nice. Good pick. Not the pick that I thought you were going to go with, though. All right. Well, you got all-around hustler in Alyssa Charles. That is a good pick. To be honest, I was hoping, like I said, I was hoping you'd go a different route, and that would be my second pick. But since she's off my, she's off my list on my scout team, got to go to the next person up, and that's going to be from the Florence Gophers, Elena Jimenez. That was... That's where I was debating. All right, sir. You are on the clock. Okay, let's take a look at my board here. 
All right, I'm going to keep it in the 3A again. I'm going to take the double-double uh, lady from Santan Foothills, Mallory Matthews. Good pick. Really is a good pick. Like it, it's it's almost scary that you're just going right down my list. But I'm I'm gonna stick in the same school as you, and with my number three pick, I'm gonna pick AJ Williams. I like it. Shout out to AJ. She uh, voted for my team on Instagram when we dropped <laughs> it. Imagine if I would have drafted her. How upset she would have been. She would ask for a trade. Yeah. All right, sir. You are on the clock. All right, so. So I'm going to go outside of the teams that we've drafted from and pick a person from a team we haven't picked from yet. I'm going to take the Combs Coyotes, Kylie Bush. All right. So that's right. three picks in. Three picks for you, three picks for me. And now I am on the clock for my fourth pick. Let's see. I got shooters. I got scoring. I'm going to need some inside presence and, and, and it sucks because I, I wish I could have picked Jayla but you know she's doing her thing at, at you know Central with the Vaqueras and I'm super proud of her for doing that but you know I, I gotta bring Elena's tag team partner from Florence with me and I'm gonna pick Florence's Keely Scarborough all right so for my fourth pick I'm gonna go to Post and Butte and take sophomore Samaya Gray nice good pick good pick so I like that. You you pick pick up both gray siblings. All right. So with my fifth pick, pick number five for the Like Mike Knights is going to be Chelsea Downs, Vista Grande Spartans. Dang, man, so much talent out there. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Senior Anaya White from the Coolidge Bears. That was going to be my next pick if you didn't if you left that hanging. So you got two Florence players and I got two Coolidge players. Mm-hmm. You know. You mentioned that you had two Coolidge players, and I was just about to give you my next pick without even saying it. But, you know, I can't have one Bachman without the <laughs> other. So keeping Adriana company is going to be her twin sister, Helena Bachman. Welcome to the Knights. All right. I'm going to go to Vista Grande and take Mia Powell. Good pick. Number 21, Mia Powell. For my next pick, I'm going to go stay in Castle Grand, but I'm going to go to the other school. Union, and my next pick is going to be Jalen White. A good pick, good pick. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess since you have a pair of family members, I'm going to have a pair of family members as well. I'll take Alasia White from the College Bears. Good pick. Lots of good duos in, in, in these teams that we know. All right, let's see. With my eighth pick. I'm going to go back-to-back for the first time and get my second Cougar, and that is going to be Bailey Nash. Ah, okay. She was there on my board as well. Well, I think I am going to head over to Santa Cruz and take Gianna Lopez. Good pick. So that was eight? That's eight. I think these ones are, like, very strategic this Mm -hmm. time because it feels like with the – the boys one that we, we flew through it. Just picking shooters. Yeah. Everybody wanted shooters. <laughs> my thing was, like I said, in my scout team, I was like, I got to look at size, too, because I, I got to yeah. make sure that, that, you know, you have a hard time putting up those shots. All right. Going from Casa Grande, I'm going to go all the way to AJ. Ooh. And I'm going to pick up Faith Marquez. Okay. First AJ player off the board. 
with my ninth pick, I'm going to go to ALA Ironwood and select Heaven Mac. This is this is tough. My final pick. I'm looking at my board. These last two, I, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna flip a coin. Oh I'm, no, you can't do that. You gotta go with the with the corazón as go, you were talking go, about. Go with my corazón. There you go. You gotta go. Oh, with, okay. Who who's that player that's gonna be meaningful to you? Don't leave that to chance. All right. Well, I can't leave it to chance. And my last, my tenth and final pick for the Like Mike Knights ladies team is gonna be none other. Then Santa Cruz Lady Dust Devils, Izzy Davis. All right. I think for my final pick, I'm going to take a big-time varsity breakdown follower in Cadence Apka of the Cats Grand Cougars for my final pick. Now so this time – go ahead, go ahead. Let's keep it going with the coaches again. Oh, man. Your, your pick. It's my pick. And – I would be foolish if I if I didn't if I didn't swoop this up, man. Like it would be a poor business decision. My coach for this team is going to be none other than Savannah Bix. You know, you just made somebody frown very, very much right now. Oh, he, he's he's going to be all right because I know he's going to frown if you don't pick him. <laughs> no, that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Um, well, I got to say, this guy knows I wouldn't. Never not pick him to run my team because I think he's a hell of a coach and he's building something special. But I think if I pick three of his players, who knows them more than uh, better than him? So I'm gonna pick uh, Coach Aaron Monteverdi. Good pick. But yeah, he, you know, he how much he would frown right now if, if we both went the other way. I don't know if he would have been frowning, but I know that if if he had to think who was gonna be that person picked over him, it had to be Coach Barrett. Like it, it, if if for some reason like you didn't go that route or if I didn't go the route I did, that would be my, my coach too. Cause seeing the way that, that he is able to drive his, his players and also, you know, keep them into the game. He's an upfront and forward coach. I've only seen him maybe sit down whenever he's got a comfortable lead and he knows that, you know, there's only a short amount of time left in the game. And he's just going to let the players, you know, do their thing. But when it comes to his his attention to detail and how to talk to players, yeah, like Coach Barrett, like he he does a really good job. I, I feel like Vista Grande has a tremendous asset in Coach Barrett for their girls team. He he, he could be on my staff. He could be in. The, he'd be a good assistant if we want to go that deep. Who who would be another another coach? I don't know, man. I'd I'd have to sit back and think about that one. You know. Um, I can tell you if if you don't say this name, I'll mention him and he'll be a part of he'll be a part of the the like Mike staff as well. That long pause is troubling, but I'll give you his name, Coach Eddie Meza of Santa Cruz. Definitely another positive and enthusiastic person. I wouldn't mind having on my bench to to help hype up my girls or, or even get them over a hump if they find themselves in 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 a slump. Yeah, there's definitely some good motivating coaches. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. And that and that's one thing that that I love about this area is that there isn't many coaches here that are in it for themselves. A, a lot of these coaches are completely and utterly selfless and they and they put all their effort into these teams. And and I know that you know we'll get into it in the next episode when we start talking about softball, but there were plenty of games that I went to this week where I was able to either talk to baseball coaches or even the softball coaches and get a good feel of, of who these people are running these teams. And, and like for Santan Foothills especially, 
getting to talk to Coach Ryan Sutterby gave me a good insight to why this team was so excited in football season to start baseball season and and to see their chemistry just un, unfold in front of me is amazing. But again, we'll, we'll save that for, for, for the next episode. But right yeah. now... I was going to say, why don't we recap uh, the players' names? Right now, let's recap your team. I know last time we went back and forth, but this time we'll just go down the line and, and name all the players for the Space Jam fam. Number one, Nalissa Charles. Number two, Mallory Matthews. Number three, Kylie Bush. Four, Samira Gray. Five, Anaya White. Six, Mia Powell. Seven, Alasia White. Eight, Gianna Lopez. Nine, Heaven Mack. And number 10, Cadence Apcaw. And that team will be led by none other than Coach Aaron Monteverdi. Now let me give you the lineup for the Like Mike Knights. Number one pick, Adriana Bachman. 4A East Sky Region player. I think I, I did really good with that one. Number two, Elena Jimenez. I talked about her earlier and, and how great her shooting was. Going to be the Lady Steph Curry, if you will, of the Lady Knights. A.J. Williams, a solid contributor, a, a really good follower, and, and just a really good person. Like the the Our first interaction of when we just went to the Santan game just to pop in to, to do our first streaming, and, and shout out to their AD, Mr. Romero, because without him, we wouldn't have had that opportunity happen at all. But having her come up to me and, you know, to the, to the sidelines while I was taking photos and say, you know, she really appreciates us being there and, and all the stuff that we did for football season. And she was glad to see us continue that with basketball and to see all her participation in, in all of our posts and, and, and even every time when we're in, in Santan foothills, like when we were giving away the awards that, that was fun and, and a key reason why she was easily my number three pick. Moving on, number four, Keely Scarborough. Number five, Chelsea Downs. Number six, Helena Bachman. Seven, Jalen White. Eight, Bailey Nash. Nine, they envy Faith Marquez. And number 10, Izzy Davis. So I, I know that we did really good with and this. And your coach? And my coach, no, none other than Savannah Bix. Now, I know when we did our football rosters, we had so many players go out there and and say, hey, you know, why don't we make this happen? And, and you know, it, it would be nice to do that, but the amount of resources and time it would take to get a game like that going would be super tough. This, on the other hand, it's fun. It's fun, and it's completely doable, though. If, if we could – I know it's, it's, it's a long shot. Trust me, it's a long shot. If we could get these – 20 what 24 people that we picked for both teams to collaborate on the same day where we could actually you know have a, a just a moment to ourselves and and just see you know for fun it, it wouldn't it, yeah it would it would be like an all-star game but one thing I don't want it to turn into is like an NBA all-star game especially like this last all-star game where it was probably like the least competitive all-star game I've seen and it was just who could uh who can make the better dunk basically or who could shoot the furthest? It would definitely be something fun to see one day. Hopefully, it, we'll be able to make it happen. I mean, I'm hoping I'm, so. I'm sure something like that has to take place in the off season. And I'm I'm looking forward to what the Arizona Small Ball Podcast and the Florence Gophers are going to be able to do when they have their very uh, first Small Ball Podcast showcase. And they're going to be sending out their invitations very soon. So seniors, keep an eye out for that because that's a game that. You don't want to miss. I know that 
hopefully before they actually even hear this, we can reach out to them and see, you know, what we could do, what we could do to provide them a service to possibly either stream the game or even stream the three point and dunk contest. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that we know for sure is that Pinal County has a lot of talented athletes, athletes like Brandon Farley, Bray Gant, and plenty others would, would, would show out in that dunk contest. And we have plenty of shooters here. You like you mentioned before how fast we went through the 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 boys draft. I feel like it would be just that fast to fill up a list to who would be able to to compete in that three point contest because there's so many sharp shooters here in Pinal County. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree. Uh, but before we wrap up the show, we got to get down to uh, a couple awards mm-hmm. uh, for our breakout player of the year as well as our breakout coach of the year. So. Oh, so you want me to go first? Yeah, I want, this time? You, I want, want you to. I did it last time, and, and it's only fair. All right, so this was actually a very tough choice. You know, we went back and forth with quite a few notable uh, athletes that could have been selected, uh, but our girls basketball breakout player of the year is going to go to Adriana Bachman out of Post and Butte. You know, not only was she a 1,000-point scorer, but I believe the third athlete to do it um boy or girl but she is the first girl in post and butte school history to reach a thousand points and not only is that an achievement but i think game in and game out she definitely leaves it all on the court yeah and you can see it throughout the game and and there was so many times while we were there during that game and i think when we were at the showcase during the summer for uh gc3 with gc3 hoops that post and butte team is is so good, and, and when you have an anchor like Bachman leading the team like that, it, it makes sense why they had so much success this past season. But if we're going to talk about the success of Post and Butte, that success cannot be ignored without the person leading the group, and that leader is the head coach of my fantasy basketball team and is also the varsity breakdown breakout coach of the year for the ladies. Congratulations to Post and Butte Broncos, Savannah Bix. It, it, it was a really good year for you guys and all the work that you put in was not unnoticed and, and it's unfortunate that you got put out earlier than you wanted but all the work that you put in to get there and all the fun you had it was totally on display and we were glad to be able to follow you guys well congratulations to uh, both coach and player of uh, from post and butte adriana bachman and coach uh, savannah bix one more thing before we go we talked about this a little bit earlier and, and we didn't forget, but you got a fine mop of, of hair on that dome. And one thing that you said that you wanted to do was grow it out before you dye it or bleach it <laughs> and then dye it these post imbue colors. We got to do that soon, bro. Okay. This is what will happen. So as both of our um, winners are from post imbue, how about I show up to present them their award? With uh, Post and Butte school colors. I'm pretty sure they would love that. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'll get a good kick out of that. And, and well, you know what? Make a lot of memories for them. Well, I was going to say, uh, you know, they can set it up however they want. If they want me to present it, you know, in their gym with uh, all the students. No, I'll take a picture with them, you know, and make make it a lot of fun. I, I, I definitely have to own up to it. So I will. I think that would be the perfect time. 
I think so too. And, and I know in doing so, I can't wait to reach out to Coach Kevin Davis. And, and that's another thing. I know we're going to talk about this in the next episode. It's so good to see him back in a dugout with the Coolidge baseball team. Mm-hmm. And then getting to talk to Coach Rico and why he made the or why he reached out to Coach Davis to add him to his staff. It only made sense. And and, and Coach Rico thinks very highly and and respects. Coach. Oh, let, let's let's not uh, give out too much. You oh, know, yeah, we yeah. Gotta, I'm getting a little too. I ahead was gonna myself. say yeah. Too ahead a, myself. But I only bring up Coach uh, Kevin Davis because he's he's actually the talented gentleman who helped us with our awards and present them to our football players. So I know that we can't wait to reach out to him again to get these awards for for our next group of winners. Oh yeah, he definitely uh, wanted to know how uh, the winners uh, enjoyed them, and I told him, man, some of them were speechless. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, it it's something, you know, hopefully he'll want to continue with us. And like I said, we could switch it up year to year, find something new and unique to do. So but I mean, it was so awesome for him to do it, especially in the in the uh, time he did it. And I mean, it didn't take that long it at was all. A very quick turnaround. Yeah. And very good product. But I think we can end it there, brother. Um, you know, it was fun. Unfortunately, I wasn't there a lot for uh, basketball so but i'll definitely be keeping my eye on uh on the future of pinal county basketball because i think there's some teams that are ready to take that next step and hopefully make a a run at another state title and it's all about these student athletes believing in themselves to get to that point and i and i definitely agree with you we're gonna see it happen but before we go um besides uh baseball and softball coming up here soon on the next episode we still got uh, a few uh, interviews to do with some of the football players before they get ready to part ways to college and stuff so yeah you're stay- not lying because yeah. like while you were gone and and i know he's probably going to hear this and probably start laughing i made an attempt to sit down with tino espinoza of the casa grande cougars football team and this was only the second time that i had to do a podcast by myself and in doing so, I I don't know what I fudged up with the memory card, but something completely threw it <laughs> off, and we weren't able to get that. So, Tino, I, if you're hearing this, bro, we're going to get you back, and this time it'll be the both of us, and, I, and I'll make sure that it, it goes a lot smoother than it did the last time. Yeah, definitely, and a lot of exciting things coming uh, here in the future, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, getting back in, into the swing of things as far as streaming and, and just getting – more information about these student athletes of Pinal County out to the public. Oh, yeah. And lastly, uh, we forgot about the scholarship, uh, but we'll talk about that one on the next episode and all the qualifications and everything you need to uh, apply for that scholarship. So we're going to pick two student athletes, uh, one uh, boy athlete and one uh, girl athlete. So just stay tuned for that if you think you would uh, like to apply for the Leticia Memorial Scholarship. But without further ado, brother... Any last words? Take it easy.